I took my Halloween decorations down the November 1st. My house was always decorated for Halloween. Hence, Queen of Horrors. Horror. Er, horror. <laughs> That's not a good way to start the show. Turn down this TV. Let's go over here. Look at that. Styling and profile. Look, you still got... I took my Halloween decorations down the November 1st. My house was always decorated for Halloween. Hence, Queen of Horrors. Horror. Er, horror. <laughs> That's not a good way to start the show. Queen of Horror. Correct? Uh, well, I've been the Blood Countess for the past year now, but that was my old name. Damn it. Yes, Blood Countess, I know, I saw that today. I retweeted a bunch of stuff. I bored. I wrote Queen of Horror and never practiced saying it. I apologize. That's fine. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so it's uh, – okay, so here's a question for you. Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, Halloween or Christmas movie? It's both. Yeah, okay, I'm down with that. It is both here too as well. It starts in Halloween. It doesn't end until uh, the New Year's. I watch it all year though, so – yeah. I mean, my bedroom's timber and it's all Beetlejuice Nightmare Before Christmas, so. Nice. I, I'm i not a Halloween person. Uh, I think that's <laughs> from my mother. But with my kids now, they're really into it. So I allegedly have to get into it. Uh, I'm coming around. I decorated a little this year. Uh, they said, Dad, you need to decorate the house more. Uh, everyone around us has Halloween stuff. So I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Our people come from all around the area to come to our house on Halloween because we do, like, we have all the lighting that we use for wrestling shows, and then we have a backdrop where people can take photos in front of and oh, smoke wow. machines and music. So it's a party. We go all out. Yeah. I wish I was like that. I can't get into it. I'll get into it probably when I'm an older gentleman. I'll be around there. So that explains. So that that's leading me to every. I I'm now going to get every answer. So now I know, I know that Gangrel and the Brood sucked you into wrestling. And I yeah, and I, I was going to ask you like what specifically about that, but I mean that's I guess that's self-explanatory. Yeah, it was just the character. Yeah. Like in the entrance, and like when I was a little kid, that was the coolest thing ever. So. Very underrated faction too. Yeah. 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 Um, and from everything I have heard, uh, Gangrel has a great mind for the wrestling business as well. I mean, all three of them do. But Gangrel is very underrated. Yeah, he is. He's really underrated. I've actually met him quite a few times, and he's just also just a super nice guy. So Yeah. Um, so that sucked you in, that presentation, uh, as a kid, probably already still – or probably even at that age into uh, the darker side, I suppose, I guess. Um, what, what made you, so I get the presentation and the aesthetics, but what made you want to take some bumps and get in the ring? Um, I just like, I saw what they were doing. I was like, that's really cool. I was younger when I saw that. And okay. then it was seeing Trish Stratus, wrestle when I got a little bit older I'm like okay I really want to do this and I was bullied in high school really bad mm. so I'm like and part of it was because I liked wrestling and pro wrestling wasn't cool at that time mm. it was just 
coming off of being really cool. So I was like, well, I need to find a school because I want to wrestle. I want to be like Trish Stratus. I want to kick ass. So, so what? So you said you said a uh, little little older when you saw the younger when you saw the brood. A little older when Trish Stratus sucked you in. What are we saying? Fifteen. I was about twelve. I was 12. fifteen when I started training. Ah, that's where I got. Okay. Yeah. So I was looking for a school from the age of twelve till I was fifteen, but the problem was. There was no internet accessibility like there is now. Like, you couldn't just go online and type in, oh, wrestling school. Oh, okay, that's where the wrestling school is. Like, my mom would look in the newspapers because that's where you would find ads for stuff. And then happened to run into somebody at an internet cafe when I was 15 and started training, like, the next day. Uh, For those listening at home or live, internet cafes, uh, Starbucks. That's how you would translate that to today. (laughs) Um, I... Was this man, fifteen year old girl get well, you want to be twelve, but you got into it at fifteen in the in the school. What did your family think? That's I mean, I'm I my oldest daughter right now is thirteen and I'm thinking I'd be scared shitless if she came up and told me she wanted to go wrestle. My mom was super supportive. Like my mom signed the waiver, my mom paid my dues every month. My dad hated pro wrestling until the day he died. Like he just hated it. Oh. He tried really hard to be supportive, but he did not like it. The phys- so, physicality of it or. Um, so he would always say when I was young, wrestling was real. My dad was born in 1942. Uh, so like, yeah. you know, yep. I'm like, yeah, it was real when you were, <laughs> when <laughs> you were young. Um, yeah. like, but it still really hurts. And he's like, but he just didn't like it. So. Oh man. Yeah. It was real back then. I probably, but it doesn't make the money it does today. Well, yes. But anyways, anyways, so you, you, you look around, you find, you, you head to Starbucks, well, not Starbucks, you head to an internet cafe, uh, you, you get yourself into a school. What school uh, did you go to? I went to the Living Legends Wrestling Academy in Hamilton, Ontario, and huh. it's like, it hasn't been there for a really long time, but it was owned by um, Ricky Stardust and Ernie the Executioner Moore. I don't ever recall hearing those names. So Ernie the Executioner more wrestled for the WWWF oh. before Van Jr. took over. So he wrestled a lot during the territory days. So he wrestled like Angela Mosca and, okay. and you know, Billy Red Lions and the guy guys around here. And I think he traveled quite a bit too. So by the time I was training with him, he was an older gentleman. Um, but I was very fortunate. I got to train with the missing link before he passed away there as well. Um, and then Reggie Marley became my main trainer. Nice. Um, as a 15 year old girl in a business at, at that time, and even still today, to some extent, a majority male, uh, how, how were you treated backstage or in training? Uh, So when I first joined, like they wanted me to quit i was the only girl yeah right 2005 so this is like shimmer's just starting um so like people like daisy hayes and sarah del rey are just starting to like really get recognition on the indie circuit um so it was still like girls don't wrestle and they're only here because they want to date guys kind of era right like there's a lot more girls now than there was then um 
I had a few problems with other other guys that trained there, but my trainers were really good and they always dealt with it. I was a valet and a manager on a lot of shows because there were no right. other girls to wrestle, right? And right. intergender here when I started training, um, there like we weren't allowed to wrestle intergender, and you weren't allowed to wrestle on shows until you were eighteen. You had to have a wrestling license, which was gone when I turned sixteen, so I was allowed to wrestle. And we have Lefisto to thank for that. But um, I mean, for the most part, when I was younger, I was treated okay. But also my trainer was a real, like, people respected him and they knew that he could kick the shit out of them. So, like, you know, if I had an issue, someone would just go, hey, that's Reg's kid. And they'd be like, oh, sorry. Oh. So, so I was really lucky that way. So you said you couldn't wrestle till you were 18, but then thanks to Lufisto, at 16, you then could? What, what happened? Yeah, so... There was a wrestling commission okay. in Canada. And so there was no intergender allowed in Ontario. There was no, like you couldn't wrestle. You had to have uh, like all the stuff that you need in places like Kentucky. Like you needed paperwork to run shows. You needed paperwork to wrestle. Um, but Lefisto was like, wait, like can't wrestle men. Right. So she had a tribunal in Ontario and fought for rights to wrestle intergender. And then, the council kind of just disbarred and now there's no wrestling council in, in Canada. Wow. Opening doors. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people know that about Lefisto. I make a point to tell all the students that come into my school about it and everyone that I meet really, I'm like, Hey, you know why we're allowed to wrestle intergender? Cause it's such like, it's such a big thing right now, but without her, we might still not be able to do it. So I did not know that. And I, and we're big on intergender. Uh, I enjoy watching it. Um, I've seen, I've even seen Lufisto's name around, but in, it, I didn't know. I learned something new today. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And you said at your school, uh, now help me with this. So is, is it off the ropes, squared sirens is off the ropes, the school and square. It, go ahead. So it's off the rope studio is my business. Okay. And then, Grid Circle Sirens is just like what the girls kind of gotcha. We're just a little group of girls, but it's Off the Rope Studio is the name of my school. First female owned school in Canada, yeah. In Canada, yeah. Um, how how long has that been around Off the Ropes? Uh, we've been here for just over a year now. Oh, nice. Did you always want to own what? What led to this? Why did you want to do this? Um, so I didn't always want to teach people. Obviously, when I started out, I wanted to like, you know, everyone wants to go to WWE, everybody wants to be on TV. And then my partner and I were talking about, well, you know, like we've been around a while, like I've been around almost 18 years, he's been around almost 20 years. And there's not a ton of people around still from when we started. And then it was during the lockdowns when the speaking out movement happened that I was like, okay, like there needs to be not saying that other places in Ontario aren't safe spaces, but I feel like women need a place where they can come. And like I train men as well, but women need a place where they can come and train with other women. And when we train, there's no men in the building. Like it's literally just me running classes with my female students. No other school offers that. And I also just, I really felt like 
I didn't go through a lot of that stuff when I was starting out, but I read a lot of stories from other people that are still going through that type of stuff. You know, they're starting out or they've been wrestling for a long time. Like a lot of people came forward that have been wrestling for 15 years and had had things happen to them. So all of these girls know that I'm someone they can come to regardless of if, even if they're not training with me, right? Like I'm someone who I really don't like, I really don't give a shit. I'll say something. If someone's done something inappropriately, then they need to be called out for it. There's no place for that in professional wrestling. And it's not even just women like men came forward to, and I've backed some men too. So, but that, that's really why we decided to open the place was we were like, we want a safe, inclusive space where people can come and train and feel like they're being, um, like they're being trained and they're, I don't know, how do I word this? It's positive reinforcement okay. instead of like, oh, you fucked up, do, you know, 50 squats or whatever. It's like, gotcha. all right, well, you messed up. Let's try again. You know, yeah. not everybody gets something the first try, but that's why we opened it. Uh, what What's the turnout like? What, what's the turnout now? What was the turnout when you first opened it? So when we first opened, uh, Ontario went into another COVID lockdown. Yeah. So when we first started out, we only had like three students i had two girls and we had one guy and so like i'm sure you can guess that's not paying any rent right right yeah um now i have almost 20 students i have eight girls girls alone i have eight women that train at my school so you know that's a lot of girls (laughs) yeah um you're opening up this school uh as you said when you guys came right out of covid uh, up there in ontario um safe space uh, you know, as as a, a, a I don't want to say outcome speaking out movement doesn't sound right, but after that movement, um, th- did you face any obstacles opening, uh, as a, as a female trying to open the school? Uh, yeah, like I can tell you right now, I know why no other female wrestlers done it. Yeah, I lost a lot of friends. I lost a lot of bookings, but I'm also very damn. Like I said, I'm very outspoken. Yeah. If somebody's assaulted somebody, if somebody's been racist or, you know, homophobic, I'm very vocal about it. So that also doesn't win me brownie points with a lot of people. But it's like, you know, I have I have a really good group and I wouldn't change it. You and plus like I did everything like legitimately, like my business is fully legit. I have zoning insurance. I'm registered with Ontario. I'm registered with the city. So that was just a headache in itself having to like do construction to make sure that the, cause we needed an accessible bathroom because we're a registered business. So we had to make sure that the bathroom was big enough and then make sure that we had security lights and all this other stuff. So that in itself was just a giant headache. Uh, in, so you said, you said, uh, you did it legitimate. Are there places that don't? Yeah. Um, we, we won't go down that avenue. Not no, I don't want to go down that road. But <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> I can't, can't, can't even lead off the show correctly. I wouldn't be able to tackle that concept. But it's like a physical space where you can like, you can look us up and we're like, if you call the city, they're like, oh yeah, no, they're registered. So, cause we also have kids classes. So I need it to be, you know, by the book. If I'm going to have young kids in my school, then, you know, it has to be okay. Yeah. Trust, respect. Yeah. 
I get it. Um, you 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 got what'd you say? You got a big turnout of girls, eight girls. Uh, you you train. You're their mentor. Uh, what what goes into making it a good mentor or trainer? Well, okay, so I don't. The girls that train at my school and the guys, like they're not just my students. Like we're really like a family. Yeah. Like next Friday, me and all the girls are going to Medieval Times. Ooh, as that sounds fun, right? Yeah. Right. We're gonna dress up and we're gonna go. Um, and then we did like a Halloween market. Um, we do nights at the school where we get together and watch wrestling or watch movies or get pay per views. Um, and like I. A lot of my students are younger. One of my youngest girl's 14. She just started. Wow. Um, yeah. And I have a girl that just turned 18 and then a 21 year old. And then I have some girls that are around my age, but for the younger girls, like just having someone to listen to them, yeah. that's not their mom. Right. Like just being there for them. I feel like that just, it makes you a good mentor if yeah. you're listening and I'm able to, I'm very patient with them. <laughs> Whereas where I trained, people were not patient <laughs> with us at all. It was like, you were scared and that's why you did things properly. Whereas like, I'll spend an hour and a half on one thing if I have to, just to make sure that it's being done safe. Cause I'm really big on, like, we're really big on, I don't care about moves. I want things to be done safely. Um, when you said, uh, you know, you, you teach you, kids come there, there's kids, a 14 year old girl. That's a, that's a kid. Um, I was just thinking if it wasn't for your school, where would that 14 year old girl be? She wants to do wrestling. She wants to train. Uh, so you're doing great things. You're listening, which I think everybody should do with teenage girls is listen more. But, uh, man, I, sometimes I'm like, oh my God, I'm so old. I'm so old. Like I find, I found pic a picture of me tying my very first wrestling shoes at training and I have this big smile on my face with a mouthful of braces and I sent it to the group and the girls were like, who's that? And I'm like, it's literally me <laughs> when I'm in the freezing cold warehouse with a winter coat on doing up my, my shoes ready to train. And they're like, Oh my God. And I'm like, yeah, I'm old. <laughs> Do you guys put on, um, I probably should know this answer, but I don't. So I'll ask it. Uh, Do you guys put on shows? Um, so we personally haven't run a show yet. We did, um, the city actually hired hired my school to oh. do like an open streets festival and entertain the community, which was really cool. Um, we haven't personally ran a show, but the cool thing is we work with Three Six Five Pro Wrestling, okay. which runs in Ontario NBC, and so they will, if our students are ready, they'll let our students have matches there, which is nice in front of a crowd. Sometimes they get to wrestle on Rogers TV or in front of a sold out crowd, which is great for them to learn. Cause you can only learn so much in the school. You need to work in front of people to learn how people react to things and how to read a crowd. And, and then we also work with courage pro wrestling in Hamilton. Um, they've featured some of our students a few times too. So personally, I haven't run a show, but I help out with those shows. So it, would you like to put on a show? I, we, we think about it. Like, yeah. I think it, I mean, like for us, it wouldn't be a huge expense. We have a ring. We have literally the entire setup, right? Like, right. um, my partner, Jeff, like off the ropes, we don't just do training. We actually do ring rentals, light sound, um, Your business. Way. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's like a whole thing, right? So it would literally, our expense would be venue and talent, really. So, I mean, we thought about it. Um, I'm just looking at my notes because we went all the way to off the ropes first. I'm going to, I'm going to rewind the, I'm going to rewind, <laughs> go rewind the VHS tape. Uh, you, for those listening, when I push this out to you, we're talking to, uh, the blood countess, Sabrina Kyle. Yes. Um, and so you've been doing this a long time, as you said earlier, uh, you got some stuff coming up. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, with Kurt, what is this? Uh, holiday havoc. And there was right. Yeah, that's, that's courage for wrestling. Yeah, courage. Yeah, I, I am in an I quit match with Daddy Davis, Davis for my heavyweight title there on I'll December fourth. Tell you what, you scared the shit out of me. <laughs> What's the picture? Just, just your, your yes, the picture. Like, hold on, I got a picture. Yeah, you are the blood countess. Like that's what it Sometimes is. Sometimes I cry so. What's that? Sometimes I make kids cry when I'm a heel, which is awesome. So. Uh, I usually ask people, do they prefer to be a heel or a face? C- can you be a face with that character? A face, and on that show, I'm a I'm the heavyweight mm. champion. I'm the big baby face. Ah, I'd be but scared shitless. I prefer being a heel. You prefer being a heel. What about being a heel? Oh. Um, so I'm a personal support worker during the day. So I take care of people for a living. Um, so I have to always have a smile on and be nice. And, you know, I'm taking care of a lot of people with dementia and, and whatever. So when I get to like turn it off and like scream in people's faces, I also (laughs) love when I'm standing at a merch table and someone comes over and asks me if they can take a selfie with me. And I'm like, no, you can pay me if you want to take a selfie with me. And I'm dead serious. Yeah. You can't really do that as a baby face. Right. So like as a heel, I get away with it and I make more money. So Nice. Um, I totally get that. I, I, uh, I work with um, a behavior analyst for, for children with autism. So I'm supportive. I'm spend all my day being patient and doing all sorts of things. So I, I if I ever went into wrestling, I would be a heel. I'd yell. Yeah. Man, if I was a manager, I'd probably yell a lot. Right in people's faces. And I would love to make kids cry. Honestly, it's my, that's, and I, I know it sounds bad. Like I have uh, an eight, but like I, not like little tiny kids, but like I love it when like a nine-year-old kid's lip in me and I get in their face and scream at them and they start crying and like run away. And that's the best. Um, My middle daughter is 10. She just fell in love with wrestling. Uh, she's seen, she loves impact wrestling. That's her favorite wrestling. And she's gone to the bound for glory and she went to rebellion and stuff like that. She loves it. She's so sucked in. She cheers and boos for who she wants. Uh, some of the wrestlers scare the shit out of her. I want to say Jessica Havoc scared the crap out of her, uh, in Rosemary. And I'm just thinking, uh, she'd have a field day with you because she won't, she'll, she has no filter. She'll let you know. Uh, but you can definitely make her cry if you want. I would. Yeah. Sorry, my dog decided hey. she was going to wake up and walk over here. It's okay. Uh, we have a lot of pets that like to to invade the show. Whose other pet was it that one time, Vanessa? I don't remember. Someone else's dog wanted to uh, join our show. Uh, but yeah, so I your character fits. I mean, 
That's definitely and based on everything you told me, how it's Halloween twenty four seven at your house, uh, it truly is who you are as a person. Yeah, it really is. And like I'm covered in horror tattoos. I my son's scared of our living room. It's all oh. horror stuff. Um, our dog's name is Wednesday Adams. Like I'm just I like that stuff. So, and I mean, when I was younger, I tried so hard to be like the preppy girl because right. it was like, that's, you know, everybody wore the velvet jumpsuits and whatever to high school. And I was like, all right, I'm getting made fun of anyway. So yeah. we're wearing kilt and corset today. <laughs> <laughs> you, you just said wearing velvet jumpsuits to school. There's people that are going to listen to this. I used to they have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, well, you know what I'm talking about. I know about. what you're talking about. No, I know. I loved it. No, I got you. I just, it's funny. All the little 14-year-old girls wearing Playboy bunny t-shirts. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. okay. And then I saw that stuff is like out at the store again now. It is. I went school shopping with my oldest and she wanted, what? God, what store were we at? Don't remember. Uh, she asked us for this shirt and it had a Playboy bunny on the shirt. And I'm like, I'm like, uh, no, I, I don't think she knew what it was. So now I have to have the conversation of why I'm saying no, <laughs> what that logo is, but no, it's back. All the 90s. Yeah. Stuff is the, those like mod jeans are in now again too. The like really wide ones. Yep. yep. I don't mind those though. I'll buy them. It's, it's so funny. It's like. 90s bands t-shirts are back to um in like nirvana and like pearl jam and sublime and and i'm just like my my daughter goes would want this shirt i think it was a nirvana shirt it was it god it, it must have been 35 dollars had to be something like that i'm like sweetie i have those original shirts in my drawer downstairs just go pick one out they're all back. But, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. It is. Internet cafe is going to blow people's minds. Nobody will know what that yeah. is. Yeah. I used to go there like every day yeah. after school for an hour. I think it was like maybe $5 for an hour. Yeah. Yep. And then they also had like the back area. You could like play Call of Duty and stuff, oh which was kind of cool. <laughs> there you go. People won't get that. And if you didn't do that, you wouldn't have ended up finding your school. No, I wouldn't have. Um, I have, Sabrina, I have had your notes written up on this dry erase board since we had you scheduled the first time. I kept them all up because when I wrote them on here, I deleted them off my phone and I didn't want to lose all the notes I took. I have Love's Batman written on here. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I really like Batman spectacular because Batman is a topic of conversation on this show. What was last night with Rob Radke? We've had it uh, before with other people. Um, So I'll ask you this question. Who, who is the best Batman? Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. Did you hear that, Vanessa? Michael Keaton. Uh, I have downstairs the, it's framed. It's an original poster from the subway in Toronto. So it's like, God, like almost six feet tall by four feet. 
and it's the Batman Returns poster framed. How'd you get that? I went into a um, a cafe in Niagara Falls called the Geekery, okay. and it was just kind of like leaning up against the wall. And I'm I went up to the owner. I'm like, uh, "Would you think about selling that?" Because she didn't have it up with the other decor. She goes, "Yeah, how much you give me?" I'm like, 40 bucks." She's like, "Sold. You can have it. <laughs> it's worth like six hundred dollars." I bet. Um, and there was talk. I saw a video, a YouTube video once. I think there was talk of a third Batman done by Tim Burton. Oh, that makes perfect sense why you love Michael Keaton. Yeah. I think there was a third one supposedly talked about, but never came to fruition. I can't remember. He was to do. Oh, no. Yeah, no, you're right. I think it was. That was like the shortest Batman, though. What's that? Batman for Val Kilmer, yeah. like the shortest Batman ever. Yeah. I don't even remember that one. That one in the George. When we ask who our favorite Batman is, Val Kilmer and George Clooney never make anyone's list. Ever. Well, that's not surprising. Yeah. Although Batman and Robin is like a guilty pleasure of mine. I have the giant poster board downstairs. Yeah. But I, I really liked uh I really liked Uma Thurman in that movie, so that's why. Yeah. Uh I'm a Christian Bale fan, but I think it's because of Heath Ledger's Joker. But I do pick Christian Bale. Although I did see the original Batman in the theaters when it came out. And I remember it to this day. I remember buying the playing cards. They had, they had Batman playing cards back then. Like, uh, not playing cards. Like like baseball cards. Um, yeah, I have the ones from Batman Forever. I yeah. still have them. Yeah. And some of them are still sealed. Good for you. Good for you. Um... I had another Batman question and now I forgot. Uh, it had come to me one of these days. Um, anyway, Sabrina, we've talked about off the ropes. You're, you're training. You're cultivating the next generation of, of women wrestling, which I am so on board with. Uh, you are scary as, scary as fuck as the Blood Countess. I don't want to. You are like the female gang growl. Yeah, that's a vibe. That's the vibe that poster gave me. That's what I'm going. For. Yeah, that's. I, I just mean, thought of it now as I'm th- talking. The gimmick when I changed my name. Yeah. Do you know who Blood Countess is? I do not. Do that so Blood Countess, her name was Elizabeth Bathory. Okay. And she was a serial killer. I believe it was the 15th century or the 16th century. But she would bathe in the blood of virgins to stay young. Hmm. So I was like, hmm, I'm like the old veteran wrestler who beats the shit out of young female wrestlers to stay young, like to stay relevant. Right. So I'm like, I don't have to explain to everybody, (laughs) but I know what it means. Yeah. And uh, it probably helps you get into your character and uh, present yourself the best. And there's a backstory. Now we know what happens with all that young talent you're bringing into your school. I'm sucking the life out of them. <laughs> Just <laughs> bathing in their blood. Good Lord. Oh, remind me. Vanessa, you're going to send your daughters of destruction there? Uh, well, they've got a couple years to <laughs> go, <yeah>. but possibly. <laughs> She'll be uh, young. She'll be bathing in their blood. Good Lord. <laughs> yeah, you totally give me that uh, King Girl vibe. 
Um, anyways, Sabrina, you've been, you've been a pleasure to talk to tonight. Uh, easy to talk to. Uh, well, something we do at the end of every every show here is I'm going to give you the mic, uh, the proverbial mic, and uh, you can put over anything you want. You can bury anybody. You can promote anything. Your links have been going out throughout the chat. Um, you can say anything you want. The floor is yours. I won't interrupt. Um, so I guess like the biggest thing I like to to point out and talk about on uh, podcasts is like, and this is uh, this month. It's November, so it's Men's Mental Health Month. So I just want to put out there that if you're a guy and you're listening to the show, I mean, women's mental health matters too. But I think we we people understand us a lot more when we're going through it. Um, so if you're a guy and you're going through it, there's nothing wrong with reaching out for help. There's nothing wrong with talking to someone, um, you know, like you're no less of a man because you're dealing with something. We all go through it. And, and I'll just leave it on, on that note. Um, thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Great words. Thank you for coming by. You're welcome back anytime. Uh, have yourself. All right. Yeah. Well, if we ever, I'll reach out and then we'll, uh, yeah. I'll come back on it. for sure. Have a glorious night. Thanks for joining us. Easy. Bye. Later. Bye. Awesome stuff. Oh, yeah.